0: Hey, it's due with Bitcoin and Financial Independence, and today's episode is going to be a random smattering of different thoughts and ideas, things that I'm exploring and thinking about. So buckle up, it's hopefully going to be a shorter episode, uh, just fast moving from topic to topic. And the first thing I want to say is that I'm going to have a part two episode for Bitcoin for Business. So look for that coming out in the next week or two. Uh, what I'm going to go over there just as a teaser is that there is a way to self-custody Bitcoin. In a multi-signature environment for your business so that different partners of the business or different owners of the business can basically make it so that no single person can run off with all the Bitcoin and stuff like that. So there's some ways you can set this up. And what I'm going to do so that I can bring all the details here is get on a consultation call with Unchained Capital, which, of course, if you are a business owner, I highly recommend you do this yourself. But I'm going to try to distill that information here on my own podcast soon. Uh, one of the things I wanted to share was the Orange Pill app. It's a great app that I've been on lately. It's a way to meet Bitcoiners in your local area. And now they just rolled out this feature where you can host events. So I've been using meetup.com, which I think cost me 24 bucks a month to host my Bitcoin meetups. I paid 24 or maybe $27 for an annual subscription to Orange Pill app. And already there's Bitcoiners. Some of them are 100 or 200 miles away. But in the general area, I've got a handful of Bitcoiners on this app in my city and really looking forward to seeing more people join this app. So if you are a Bitcoiner and you're not on the Orange Pill app, get your life together and hop on there. Um, It'll make it a lot better and easier to host events and also consult, just chat with other Bitcoiners and, and learn from people. So I think that's really cool because honestly, being a Bitcoiner can be somewhat isolating because so few people understand it or just don't want to understand it. Another random thing I was looking at this morning is if you listen to podcasts, it was really cool. I saw on Twitter uh, that Fountain podcast where I get paid in Bitcoin to listen to podcasts. Uh, I've earned 24,000 Satoshis. I've actually earned more. I've given away a decent amount of Satoshis. Let's see. I've earned about 26,000 Satoshis and I've given away about 2,000 of those. And I try to support these shows. But Fountain made a post saying that in the last ninety days. Listeners on podcasting 2.0 apps like Fountain, so Fountain and others, I guess I didn't know there was other ones, but apparently on these podcasting apps that do value for value is what they call it, uh, listeners have sent 1.25 Bitcoin to their favorite shows. That's $35,000 roughly that they've done. So I think that's really cool. I also just started promoting my own podcast on Fountain. So if you have a podcast you're trying to grow and you're not using Fountain, I think this is a a great way to grow your show. I spent $50 and they convert that to Satoshi's. And what they do with Fountain is they they promote the show by taking what I paid them and they pay the listener extra. They pay the listener some bonus money to listen to that podcast. And so let's see, I've spent almost 14,000 Satoshi's out of my 142,000 Satoshi's and there's a certain amount of impressions and listens that I'm getting uh, but my downloads I'm blown away they have skyrocketed to about 10x what they were and I didn't even release an episode yesterday when I set this up so really crazy uh if you're a podcaster and you're not on Fountain you haven't claimed your podcast and set up tipping and set up your website link and everything there and then if you want to pr- promote and grow your podcast this is a good opportunity I think all right that was my Fountain tangent the next thing I want to talk about is today April 5th actually is an important day in history. This is the day that the executive order banning the ownership of gold was issued. Okay, April 5th, 1933, an executive order of the president was issued and all gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates had to be turned into the banks basically. So they confiscated gold. And there are some crazy kind of political things happening I'm not following it too closely. I probably should uh, I probably should get more up to speed on this or have a guest on that can talk about this more. But there's this thing called Central Bank Digital Currencies, and this is what China uses to censor its people financially, to track their people financially and give them what's called a social credit score, that if you support certain things or you donate to certain charities, they ding you. They They don't give you as good of an interest rate. They can make your money expire. They can force you to spend it or else it disappears. It's basically just censorship of money. So this happened in 1933, and Elizabeth Warren and some other politicians are coming out with this thing where she's building an anti-crypto army or something. And obviously she's lumping in Bitcoin with that because she doesn't understand anything as far as the space is concerned. So not a great thing politically if that gains traction. Um, What's really interesting is that I feel like Bitcoin is a much more fair system because it's proof of work and it's totally inclusive versus we are coerced into the dollar system. It's just the default and they don't want to give up that control. So anyway, she's definitely missing the forest from the trees with all this stuff, which is sad and I hope she gets it figured out. I just hope in general that this country can be smart about how it approaches all this and not do do anything rash, but to actually think about things and how it can strategically help the US. And this is a book that I started, but it's, it's a big book. That's the soft war by Jason Lowery. Uh, that's basically his thesis is that Bitcoin is a strategic play. It's a national security issue to support Bitcoin, to obtain some Bitcoin and to grow the network. Anyway, another random tangent there, and I'm going to move on to another topic, but kind of a nice segue is I was talking with someone. On LinkedIn yesterday uh, about Bitcoin, and they were pretty adversarial. Didn't want to know anything, and I I even said somewhere in a comment like, "I'm here to learn, and to share what I've learned. That's what I'm here to do." And they're like, "Well, I'm here to illuminate, (laughs) you know." And this person, sure, they have, they're a CFA, and they are older and more experienced than me in the world of finances and stuff. But anyway, Jacob Asperian, he is a serial entrepreneur. He's a founder of a Canadian Bitcoin company. And he made this post that I think classifies this person I was talking to. Classifies a lot of people, but he made this post called Bitcoin Derangement Syndrome or BDS. And BDS is something that affects millions of people all over the world. The symptoms can include, but are not limited to, having the same thesis for years, anchoring opinions based on zero research, considering views on an asset, part of their personality, Constantly saying Bitcoin is backed by nothing. Assuring people the government will ban Bitcoin. Claiming central bank digital currencies will wipe out demand for Bitcoin. Calling Bitcoin a Ponzi. Asking how you can guarantee 21 million coins will be in existence. And not Googling a single fact to actually learn more. So the treatment is to avoid engaging in Bitcoin talk with anyone who has BDS, Bitcoin Derangement Syndrome. Smile, agree, and move to the next topic. If you are personally afflicted, do not lose hope. There are countless resources available online and plenty of people willing to help. The first step is asking for it. <clears throat> so I love that. I thought that was hilarious. I definitely have experienced a lot of people who have BDS, and I had BDS for a while back in 2017, 2018, where I just, I don't know. I I actually, I FOMOed into it, mostly Ethereum and just let it sit. It didn't make sense to me for a long time. I had to spend $1,200 on a course and six months on weekly calls and a bunch of podcasts listening, some books, stuff like that to make Bitcoin click for me. So I put in the work. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's hard for me to even like owning stocks now, knowing what I know. And this is another possibly good segue, but I have a friend that has a coin shop, a gold and silver shop, basically. And man, I had been trying to get down to a shop. It's a little ways away for me, 20 minutes, but I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to metals, but I just want to have a small allocation just to experience it, just to share this on this podcast. Anyway, I meant to go down to a shop a couple of weeks ago, did not. And then obviously all the banks collapsed and silver and gold went up like 10% as a safe haven asset, right? People flee to it. So Anyway, I missed that bump, but I did finally end up going and getting some silver this last week. He's completely sold out of gold, so I just got this what's called silver bullion. And bullion, it's just like it's like a coin, or you can also get it in a rectangle, like a like a little sheet of silver or something. And it's not like a coin or anything. It's just it's just metal. It's just .999 purity silver. So it is like in general tradable. It is a form of money, you could say, but it's not like a a mint coin. You can also get these um, what's called a silver eagle which is a coin that's actually minted by the US Treasury but the thing is that they have a higher premium right now premiums on silver are about 20% so it's it's quite high of a premium because silver would have to go up 20% for me to turn around and be able to sell this for what I paid for it Um, and that's because the supply actually there's not a lot of silver it's getting bought up like crazy Now, not to get political or anything, but he he told me that ever since Biden was president, he's had a lot harder time keeping things in stock. And then this bank run even more so. It's so much worse for him as far as supply goes. He's, you know, begging people to sell him stuff, basically. I actually went this morning and worked out with them. We do this workout program called F3 where we get up at 530 in the morning, work out with a bunch of guys on a guided boot camp style workout and while we're running along I'm like you got any gold you got anything and he's like nope I'm sold out of everything even when I went I think last week it was he, he had all these cabinets where he could display trays of metals when he's open during the business hours and he had four trays left that had stuff and I had pretty much wiped out one tray worth just $500 or so of silver so nothing crazy but just wanted to get my hands on something and he was completely sold out of gold and he said that. I'm on vacation until I can find something, something to sell. He's not even going to work until he can source some. So he's trying to to reach out and find some and just find product to sell that he can actually, you know, turn a little bit of profit. But everyone wants to hang on to it right now with all the banking system teetering. So I thought that was interesting and I'm still trying to learn and understand it. I have a book about gold and silver, just metals that my wife's grandpa gave me. Still need to read that. So many books on my list to read just to try to bring you some more content here. But I'll work through them eventually. And obviously the other way that you can get allocated kind of to gold and silver is with the ETFs. You can get GLD or SLV. Now, I think I talked about this in a podcast way back in the day. It may even be on my website where I did a blog post. But there is somewhat of a problem of buying GLD or SLV, these gold and silver ETFs. I mean, basically what it is, is that you're buying gold or silver that is in a vault somewhere. There's some custodian of it. And obviously that's one of the problems with silver is like I have the silver hidden somewhere and in a safe and someone, if they were determined enough, could could steal it. Or if I have it on my person and, and I'm fleeing or something, I could have it stolen from me. So the nice thing about buying it through the ETF is that you've got this custodian, but at the same time, do you really uh, but supposedly what they're doing is they're titling over some of the gold and the silver to you and saying like, well, this much, you know, you you own shares of it, right? They have a certain amount and then you're buying shares of it and you're paying a fee to the ETF for them to custody it. But there is something I've heard where there's like so much paper silver, paper gold, that there's more like fake gold and silver floating around the stock market than there is real gold. And I just don't know how it works, but I, I've heard something as high as like 200 to 1%. Uh, the amount of shares to the actual gold, that, that the price of gold is actually being suppressed by stock market manipulation. And this is something I, I'm i just hearing, I'm just reading. Um, I don't have any strong sources for this. So it's something I need to learn, understand, and explore a little bit more. But I have been feeling just this need, this urgency as Bitcoin has taken its leg up. We are about one year away from the halving. We're about 75% of the way through this halving cycle. And there's about 380 days left before the supply of Bitcoin goes from 6.25 every 10 minutes, 900 Bitcoins a day, to 450 Bitcoins a day, or 3.125. Uh, so usually what happens between now and the having is there's a, either a slight uptrend or it kind of stays flat. And I want you to realize that none of this is financial advice. You must do your own research. I'm not responsible for what you do with your investments. I'm just saying this is how I'm thinking about things. But the trend is that it kind of just stays flat or maybe has a slight increase leading into the halving. And then post-halving that next year, you usually get a big, what's known as a hype cycle. The price will go up as we adjust to a new lower supply. This is what has happened in 2013, 2017, 2021, every four years. So 2025 is that year that we might get that hype cycle after it halves in 2024. So basically every four years it halves and the next year after that, every four years it runs up The year after that, every four years, it tanks. It's kind of how the pattern works. And then you end up just hanging out for about a year as well, down at the bottom. So anyway, where my head is at right now is I'm reevaluating how to get exposure to Bitcoin through the stock market. I don't have enough cash coming in to buy as much Bitcoin as I would like to buy. I also know and I'm seeing that stock earnings are under pressure as we go into this next earnings season. And companies are reporting their last quarter earnings. I saw somewhere that out of the S and P five hundred, five hundred stocks across every industry—that's the representation of the stock market most people use—but I saw somewhere that four hundred and eighty-five of the stocks in the S and P five hundred are down. Four hundred and eighty-five are down. We're actually, you know, I think slightly up here today, and that's because of fourteen or fifteen stocks that pushed it up, that held it up, basically but the other 485 stocks in the index are down. So that that bugs me that it is that way. It uh, just seems very fragile right now that if those 14, 15 companies start to struggle, start to tighten down, don't have good earnings, then obviously we could see some more dips because everything else in the index is going down. It's just a tiny percentage that is keeping the stock market up for everybody if you're in an index fund. So I've been looking at the stock market and how I can try to get some Bitcoin exposure because I feel like I don't have enough Uh, Just feel this urgency. You could say FOMO, and it may not be healthy because I still have to pay down my HELOC. I still have to keep saving up money, and we have some other goals we're working on as well financially. But I do have my IRAs, and there are a few ways to get exposure to Bitcoin through the stock market. uh, But they are all kind of tricky. So I will link this article. This is an article I wrote probably two years ago. But there's these two futures ETFs. There's probably a, a few more since then. But there's BTCV and BITO. These are the two Bitcoin futures ETFs. Uh, they're not really the best way to get exposed because you're you're not even buying the underlying asset at all. You're, you're buying the option to buy or sell Bitcoin at a certain price in the future. And there can be a lot of variance in how this moves. Also, I did somewhat do a podcast on this back in episode 10 or 11. It was on November 22nd, the year 2021. But yeah, the futures ones are just trickier. And I'm not going to really go into those funds though they are available. And if you understand those, if you understand how futures ETFs work, maybe you can make those work to get some allocation to Bitcoin. The biggest, largest Bitcoin fund, at least when I wrote this a year and a half ago, is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, and its ticker is GBTC. And if you are accredited, you can buy this directly for a better deal than the actual price. But if you are not, there's a premium, and it varies based on demand. So actually right now, it's trading at a big discount. So if I buy, I think one share is roughly $15. And if I buy one share, it's actually like I'm buying roughly $18 or $19 of Bitcoin. So it doesn't track it perfectly. And there's an article that kind of explains why. I I still don't totally understand how this trust works, how this ETF, this fund works. But it has performed really well. It's actually, I think, performed better than Bitcoin from the beginning of the year. I'd have to check the chart again, but it's done well. Like Bitcoin is up over 60% year to date, and GBTC is somewhere right in that range as well. Haven't checked the futures ETFs this year, but that's the Grayscale Bitcoin ETF and something I've been looking at as well. The other way to get access to Bitcoin through the stock market is look at companies that have Bitcoin on the balance sheet. And Tesla has approximately 43,000 Bitcoins. MicroStrategy has over 120,000 Bitcoins at this point. Square or block. And then there's obviously like mining companies too. But MicroStrategy I've heard about since they have so much of their treasury in Bitcoin. I've heard it said that owning MicroStrategy is kind of like a call option on Bitcoin. And I I, I hardly understand that because I don't really understand calls or puts in the stock market. So I'm probably not explaining this very well at all. But the the last thing is that there is no true Bitcoin ETF, but there are some mining companies, which I find interesting. There's Riot Blockchain. There's uh, Marathon, not the gas company. There's a Marathon mining company. There's several of these mining companies. If you do a google search you can look at these and you'd have to go in and look and see like how much bitcoin they mine their operations you can look at their quarterly reports you can look at all these things but marathon was way 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 up in 2021 like more than bitcoin it was thousands of percent up like if you had bought a thousand dollars of marathon i think you would end up with 20 30 40 thousand. it went up so high in the bull run but it also crashed way way harder From what I understand, uh, I haven't looked at the charts that much, but I'm still trying to think about this and wrap my mind around it. And I'm going to try to get a financial advisor on possibly that can also explain how these funds and and these different ways of getting allocation through a stock account work. But the miners are something to look at. I think Marathon's up 300% this year. Riot's up, I think, over 200%. Uh, There's there's several of these, but those are the two big ones that I've heard, and that's that. But I do think long-term, if Bitcoin goes to a certain price and does really well. This might be a way to kind of turbocharge my IRAs. And I'm trying to figure out how much I want to do with MicroStrategy or GPTC or different things. And maybe I would feel good about putting, you know, 10% of my IRA or something like that. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. This is a topic I would like to revisit once I have explored and understood things a little bit more. But I'll link this old blog post that I wrote and I'll try to update it at some point and see what I can figure out as far as like the best true way to get Bitcoin exposure in a stock account. Last thing I'll share, and this is super random, but I picked up a limited edition Pez candy dispenser that is Bitcoin branded. Supposedly, they are only making 30,000 of these Bitcoin Pez containers, dispensers, and I paid 30 bucks for it. That's that's way overpriced. 30 bucks for it, but they're only going to make 30,000, and it's available at Walmart. I guess while supplies last, but I just thought, you know, I have a Bitcoin podcast. I'm a Bitcoiner. I got to have the Pez official candy dispenser for Bitcoin. And it has this orange candy, orange container with a with a Bitcoin symbol at the top. And I'm not sure I'm ever going to open this. This might just be a collector's item for me. Um, I might have to pick up a few more so I could open it up. And instead of Taste the Rainbow, Taste the Bitcoin or something. But anyway, I thought that was a funny product. I'll link that in the show notes. Hopefully it's still available if you want to get one. Uh, remember, this is not financial advice. Make sure you do your own research. And grab yourself five or $10 of Bitcoin through Swan or Strike or River. And remember that financial dependence is doable. I'll be back with you soon.